Let's talk some dividend investing and where to find yield in a market where bonds are competing in a very big way. We're back to 4% in the 10-year. Matt Perlin joins us, Director of Research at Janice Henderson Investors. Matt, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Oliver. Thanks for having me back. And we got the Treasury 10-year at 4%. How much does that complicate the game for stocks trying to compete on yield? Well, it does uh, make the, the calculus a little bit harder, doesn't it, uh, to own stocks when you have uh, attractive yields that are very stable uh, in the fixed income markets. But the one thing that you do have in dividend-paying stocks is you do have dividend growth. So last year, for example, 2022, while it was a tough year for just about everybody, it was actually a decent year to be a dividend investor because not only did you get pretty stable stock, uh, stock returns, they were relatively flat, but you got 8% increase last year in 2022 for um, in dividend payouts. So um, now I don't think that's gonna continue in 2023. It's probably gonna slow down quite a bit, but you still get some growth. Now, talking about the potential for growth here, is it sector dependent, very stock specific? Is it concentrated to staple style companies? Where is it reliable at this point, the ability to grow a dividend? Yeah, so last year, as you show, it was really from the financial sector and the oil and gas sector. Um, they were really quite strong. Um, that probably won't continue this year. I think it's gonna be much more evenly spread out. I would say, um, and so our expectation is really for two, maybe three percent dividend growth this year. So, companies, in a in a what should be a muted earnings growth year, if we get any earnings growth, we probably get earnings decline. Companies are going to be hard pressed to really increase their dividends quite a bit, but they'll probably want to show some growth. So, to your point, probably going to be more evenly uh, spread among sectors. But you still could see some continued strength in oil and gas and, and financials. So that might continue a little bit, but to a far less degree than we saw last year. How much uh, did that sector in particular um, take up of the dividend payout? Is there, I mean, can you kind of look at it in aggregate and say, all right, there was X amount of dollars or uh, a percent of uh, you know, the, the dividend payout ratio or whatever metric you use, how, how much of that was dominated by energy last year? Yeah, so if you look at our report, it has all of those details. You can get it on the Janice Henderson website. Okay. It has all the details in terms of dollars and all the breakouts you want. But I think the headline there is from, the gro from a growth perspective, dividend growth perspective, I think it was about a quarter oil and gas and a quarter uh, financials. So they really were, those two sectors were dominant. Everything else was, was uh, a smaller contributor. Mm. The majority of companies still were able to maintain or raise their dividend if they had one. So uh, apart from like uh, real extreme examples like Intel, there are very few cuts happening at this juncture. That's right. We haven't seen very many cuts, and that's because earnings were quite strong last year. I mean, the markets were weak uh, because there was valuation compression, but uh, earnings were quite strong. And so as a result, it was a good time, as I mentioned earlier, a good time to be a dividend uh, investor because you did see those strong earnings get passed through to capital return programs, including buybacks and dividends. Okay. So uh, you're expecting the growth to slow a little bit here this year, but there's still to be growth. What determines if the growth disappoints and if 
disappointment in growth starts to work the other way to cuts. What does history tell us? Do we assume there is growth as long as we don't have a deep economic decline? Um, what about during periods of high inflation? Like there's only a few other periods that compare to now with inflation. Does that inform our expectations for dividends at all? Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think that's a, a, a the, the, there are many different factors coming into the calculus for dividend payments. So I would say, in general, companies want to show increase in their dividends year on year, right? So there's this desire to show some, even if it's modest, right? So if earnings are down, companies will still try to, uh, you know, increase their dividends a little bit just to show that commitment to their investor base. Um, and what we saw in time, other times of stress is that in the U.S. in particular, the um, managements will cut their stock buyback programs first. So that's going to be the lever they cut first. So Oliver, to your point, if earnings are weak this year, which we expect them to be probably negative, you know, they'll probably cut the buybacks um, and show some modest increase in dividends. In terms of your question about inflation, inflation actually is good for uh, dividend-paying stocks because earnings are are nominal in in their you know uh, in, in nominal dollars, and so uh, when you see an increase in earnings, you'll pass that through to dividends. So that's not necessarily a negative. Now the attractiveness of the dividends might be a different story, but you should see uh, if if we have inflation that passes through the earnings, you should see that come through in dividends as well. Okay, all right, so the buyback uh, would get cut first and right. then the dividend eventually if things really get rough. A nice framework uh, for us to work off. Thanks for the update to your guys' uh, analysis, Matt. Appreciate it. Thank you, Oliver. You got it, Matt Perone, Director of Research at Janice Henderson Investors.